Dragon is now the ultimate power in the universe. everyone welcome to sports radio 1917 your home for sports discussion and fantasy analysis from a leftist perspective i'm kelton and today i'm joined by my fellow sports bolsheviks and professional broadcasters gabe and mitchell how's it going fellas it's the best of days it's the worst of days (laughs) oh man kelton let me tell you I have never felt better. That's not true. I have felt better. The only time I felt better is putting about $200 worth of a substance up my nose in 15 minutes. (laughs) This is, this gentleman is a glorious day for Phoenix professional sports team fans. Yes. Yes. It's, it's really just, I think, uh, kind of a unique moment for everyone. You know, uh, it's something about where we are witnessing history it isn't necessarily history that we'll remember three four years from now nationally but for all the retirees <laughs> sitting around the golf course this is truly something that will be passed around uh, to all of their caddies all the way through uh speak for yourself kelton i'm gonna remember this for the rest of my life um you know, mostly because, uh, and if you'll if you'll pardon me, gentlemen, I just have a few things I need to get off my chest. Yeah. So if you'll remember last week, both of my comrades here, Kelton and Mitchell, I when we were going through and talking about who's going to be the eighth seed, <laughs> oh, you know, they're okay. coming up Holding with their, us accountable. their safe <laughs> their safe predictions. You know, they they came out like, oh, we're going to bet the average. We have the average. And I was like, you know what, Phoenix Suns, baby. <laughs> I believe those are my exact <laughs> words. Phoenix Suns, baby. And what do they? What do they say? And I wrote this down. I wrote this down. I went back. I watched the stream. I wrote this down. And these are more or less their exact words. You stupid Polish piece of shit. There's no way the Phoenix Suns are gonna be the eighth seed. Oh, I mean, I, I, I didn't think that it was actually something I would say, but I mean, that is something I tell Gabe on a regular basis. So, uh. so yeah, I mean, if you don't believe me go back and watch the stream i mean it's you know this is you know for our listener our listeners our followers go back watch the watch or listen to what happened and you will most likely find exactly what i said more or less word for word now you may notice that i'm dressed up right now and it is because A couple people are about to go to their funerals today because guess what? Guess what, listeners? Guess what? Guess, guess, guess right now. You're wrong. The Phoenix Suns are 4-0. They are (laughs) 4-0. Who doubted them? ESPN doubted them. The folks on TNT doubted them. Inside the NBA doubted them. Kelton Mitchell doubted them. Not even Kendrick Perkins picked them. And he picks exactly. literally every team that's in the exactly. bubble to win it all. So ESPN disrespected them by putting them in the bottom third of power rankings. RIP. My God. They are four and O. Y'all better be out there and put some goddamn respect on the Phoenix Suns name that they should that they should because uh when everyone was looking at a what 25 and 39 team of uh, what, what yeah. were they hey guess what Kelton guess what Kelton you were embarrassed <laughs> you got embarrassed Mitchell got embarrassed 
I did. The Mavs got embarrassed. The Clippers yes. got embarrassed. It, you know who it, else got embarrassed? The Indiana Pacers. Everybody was all about TJ Warren a couple days ago. What does he do? Put up 16 points. Got dunked on. <laughs> got blocked multiple times. It is time to recognize that a lot of these teams, a lot of these people out here disregarding the Phoenix Suns are flying a little too close to the sun and they are getting burned. I was about to say, are they in fact flying too close to the Phoenix Suns? Is that is that in, what you that were going to exactly, be saying? That that is exactly what is happening, Kelton. The Phoenix Suns are the Phoenix Suns are poised to win the entire championship because I need to pay off my student loans. <laughs> Someone has placed just like an absolute madman's bet on there, and you know, uh, I can't really blame you uh, and your just insane, bizarre desire to want to do uh, one thing or the other about it. But one thing I will say is actually uh, joining us right now. Uh, uh, hopping into the studio it is oliver bateman how's it going sir i'm uh, going, you know, switching up uh the the <laughs> display port here a little bit on stream so my apologies to anyone uh wondering what exactly is uh happening it's called uh professionalism uh, on my end that's why things are bouncing all around <laughs> ignore ignore it just uh be happy that this is happening at all because this guy this guy might be the one who can actually talk some sense into gabe just a little bit uh and uh, an author, an attorney, a professor, a historian, a podcaster, but more importantly, a sports fan. Uh, how's it going, sir, in, on your side of the world? Uh, here in Pittsburgh, it's it's great. You know, I, I guess the sports are back. Uh, the major sports doesn't feel real. It feels strange. <laughs> uh, I mean, usually I, I'm, I'm eager for baseball season to start. No... Uh, no luck there. You know, it doesn't feel like anything's happening. The NBA has returned, and I, I even owe uh, a piece uh, to the ringer that I've been sitting on for weeks and weeks, actually, about Mark Cuban uh, funding HGH studies that even involve interviewing that dude because he'll answer any email you send him. So he's, he's easy to interview, <laughs> by the way, just a tip. Okay, uh, you, hear that? you hear that, Mitchell? Uh, yeah. Mitchell yeah. is yeah. our resident Mavs fan here. So Yeah, hit him up at his Gmail. If it's uh, You'll get a one-sentence response each time. It's very efficient. You know, very good guy. He'll he'll loop in other people that will answer questions as well. So he does his, but yeah, it doesn't feel like it's 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 there. I guess it's come back, but I the reality hasn't set in. So I could hear about the Phoenix Suns winning after that that big buzzer beater the other day or whatever. That was really something. But hell, why not? Why why, why you know anybody can can win it all. Uh, I mean, one shining it's moment, where the magic right? happens. Yeah, where the yeah. magic happens, right? Yeah, just have a few more players opt out of the league. Um, you know, yeah, some asterisks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, hey, all I know, all I know is a W is a W and a championship <laughs> ring on the team of Zoomers that is going to win the whole thing this season. <laughs> Still a ring on their fingers. Just, I, I, I mean, if they win fifteen, you know what I mean? Like any of these these fake seasons, you know, if you win five games, uh, one game, you're still the champion. You know, you're the champion of whatever it was. You know, led the league in home runs with two. Um, <laughs> big, you know, that, that's some real like pre desegregation uh, de numbers is uh, yeah. what's about to be put up here in these seasons. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Some dead ball home run figures. You know, it'll, it'll be great. It'll, it'll be great. Play some small ball. Uh, I, I am really fascinated to kind of see uh, what ends up developing uh, as 
bubble ball as it's called continues on as uh everyone is kind of you know trying to figure out what what is the uh, inevitable next step mo moving forward with them because i know that like in the standings for example things have been so weird like the wizards are now behind the hornets because they have a worse losing percentage and the hornets have already been confirmed to be eliminated so I don't know if that means that they need to fly out to Charlotte, start dragging some people that Michael Jordan doesn't like very much to form a starting five or what. But um, one thing I will give the NBA credit for is that the bubble is working somehow. At least uh, that's what they're reporting, that there are zero COVID cases or new COVID cases that have taken up. So I'm going to assume that uh, Lou Williams and his strip club uh, chicken wing venture wasn't all that problematic in the big scheme of things. Uh, <laughs> did y'all think that bubble ball would be effective to this degree? If anything was going to worry effective, you know, they already had a bunch of positive tests the first go around. So who knows what's going on? I don't know. I mean, they could be uh, just like the state of Texas and burying yeah. them. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I mean, it's been so effective because the suns are burning so bright right now. <laughs> and as we all know, sunlight is the ultimate disinfectant. I see. Really I is. see. Uh, I mean, really is. that is what our state department is towing that line on. So it is uh, hard to disagree with you on that front, I suppose, Gabe. But, They've won uh, like eight games in a row, right? Like they're just, they're on a hot streak. So, you know, the sun Oh, on yeah. a hot streak they're just the, the team to beat the the youngest team and probably then also the least immunocompromised team uh they're they're doing oh, yeah. well who knew who knew oh i see now changing out now get, going back to the the serious decor attitude there oh game. yeah i mean the i mean i figured the the suit was for my espn audition tape my <laughs> rant that, that i could rant better than a than Stephen a smith and that they're a more coherent and more ludicrous. Okay. Well, you know, there's, I, I guess a check for several million dollars waiting for you <laughs> uh, as Max Kellerman's I, I, whipping boy. I, I gotta, suppose. gotta pay off those student loans. There's worse man. jobs. <laughs> I, I suppose. I suppose. I, I just think that, uh, I, I mean, just to be associated with that company and then to have to like hear all those takes repeatedly over and over again, seems like it would just cause brain worms of the highest degree like how how do you have someone tell you no when your job is to be right maybe five percent of the time i'm not sure even if that if that's the required standard um in the world of sports journalism uh oliver out of curiosity uh what is the the attitude when it comes to either making predictions or moving forward because i know like when you're writing a piece everything has to be incredibly well researched or at the very least you know well sourced but is there any sense of, well, I'm going to be held accountable if I then make a, a take uh, on uh, the written word versus on TV? Oh, no, no one's held accountable for takes. The whole point of a take is that there's no account. I mean, you should have a totally different take the next day if you're doing it right. Like if you're Stephen <laughs> A. Smith, you're talking about why Conor McGregor quit in one fight. And then how he's going to put Khabib to sleep in the next fight. Like you don't want to have any consistency uh, that, or you just want to double down on like, you know, just totally erroneous opinions like skip Bayless. And you want to focus on things like heart and determination and perseverance. Cause you can easily have takes about those, right? Because nothing will mean anything, right? Like it's like feelings, takes on feelings. I, in fact, I, I say, and I've, I've written a piece on like, 
those around the horn type shows, like everybody bemoans like the political hot takes, but like all those like around the horn shows combined with Deadspin, the sports website, they created the take first. You know, oh, all yeah. these men, you know, like that you like roll out, like Woody, what's his face? I remember him, that guy was like a bow tie on or whatever. And uh, Max <laughs> yeah. so-and-so, all of them, you know, they'd roll them out <laughs> on the shows and they talk about why, you know, Frank Bruno is going to knock out Mike Tyson or, you know, why, <laughs> why Manny Pacquiao is all destined to beat Floyd Mayweather. Everybody's going to beat Floyd Mayweather, uh, mm. all that sort of shit. Like they would do that. And those those opinions now that that kind of rapid fire off the cuff opinion is every show and everyone is wrong every single day. And there are no consequences because it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, good luck tracking down the footage. There's so much Stephen A. Smith committed to video that you couldn't pin him down. <laughs> like Jason Whitlock just rolls out, you know, hits a take. OK, uh, well, goes we'll see, like with him, that's easy because we can go hair no hair rehair jason whitlock okay that, that's, well, yeah, we can analyze man. those eras uh of, of punditry here because uh i, I mean it, it just seems like that these guys really do kind of spit things out and that must be incredibly frustrating in the world <laughs> of you know actually having to do uh, uh, journalism, for 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 lack of a, of a better word, well, you know, I wanted for, to say up, investigation. Kelton, but. Kelton, Kelton, spouting off insane things is incredibly <laughs> liberating. Okay. Let me, let me, as somebody who just spent about five minutes spouting insanity, it's oh god, it's it's like a therapy session. These are these are men who are probably not paying for therapy on a regular basis, or do, don't think therapy is particularly you know meaningful or useful <laughs> i think they'll call they're, you a just... slur if you recommend therapy <laughs> to them um. exactly and they're just screaming into the void which honestly that is therapy <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if I, I mean like you could roll skip bayless out today and he could give you 20 minutes on why tony romo is never going to win a super bowl and tony <laughs> romo's not playing <laughs> and it doesn't matter you just got to grind up some adderall for him you know <laughs> get, it, get it into the meal that you serve him and like push him out give him a name lance armstrong go barry bond skip oh you know he'll never be as good as hank aaron okay yes <laughs> asterisk put an asterisk by him bob costas is another one who is like people forget he was really at the head of the game in terms of takes because he was he was the purity of the game take like you know and i i would listen to these and think like you know, my, my dad played college football in the sixties and he played semi-pro football in the sixties. And like guys were like grinding up amphetamines and all that stuff then, but you could listen to Bob Costas and you'd think that like these like heroes walked the earth during the fifties and sixties when like half the guys were drunk and the other half <laughs> of the guys were high. And by the eighties, all the guys were on Coke and like, but it was Whoa. like, there's some kind of glorious past that, that, you know, that they were coming out of. Yeah. The, that these hallowed halls, if you will. Yeah. Boy, so what yeah. you're saying is them being drunk and high does not make it a glorious past because if you acknowledge it i think it's a great past if you're like yeah yeah you know you if you were if you really just were like you know mickey mantle can play center field hammered great that's a great uh that's a great past but if it's like mickey mantle was like the epitome of the american boy made good you know the oklahoma oh, yeah. The Commerce Comet in uh, mm -hmm. center field. Yeah, that's all loaded. I, you know, I kept my baseball card in the spoke of his bike uh, or my bike <laughs> or whatever the fuck he'd say. Like, wh what does that even mean? 
<laughs> uh, well, maybe it was a golden age. Like, I do believe sports in the 40s or 50s were a golden age because, uh, you know, you finally had the, you had the color line coming down in most of the major sports. In boxing, it was already down. But all of those guys could still just get up, eat a hamburger, and then go box a match. Like if you're Tony Galento, you could go out there after eating like a night of pancakes and beer <laughs> and get paid to fight 12 rounds are you saying that somehow uh like the technology has evolved as lebron james sits in his cryogenic freezer cocoon to gentlemen gentlemen lou williams lou williams <laughs> still guys like that that you can roll out and they'll give you 20 points you don't know how that's what that's how sports should be you should be able to like roll a great big fat guy like roy nelson out to the mma ring and have him give you three rounds or get some guy off the bench in the nba who who only shoots and is like string bean thin and that's it like you should just be able that's what sports really should be i want to see how well they can do naturally i don't not only do i not want them using steroids i don't want them doing any training just oh, roll okay. them out and see, how, and see who does the best see, you know well so then so then here's the thing is then you're going to have all those guys who are like look i was a letterman for four years in high school and like legitimately they might you might have to start listening to them because maybe they could make it well, but see, then, then that would be way different though because saying like oh i could have been a pro athlete that becomes less about like wow i could have been in the hall of fame you know in that category and more like <laughs> i could have worked for ups for a couple of months yeah, if i wanted which is what to. it was which yeah. is what it was in the yeah. 50s like being you know playing a pro ball or having a pro fight or something really was probably you were working it for like down at the docks or something like that after you were done it really did fit into your life that way and you know i think that actually probably is the place of sports in like a a more a better society in a way, you know, where it's a hobby that's built into, or like a professional hobby that's built into stuff that you do like podcasting or, you know, I, I see writing as like a hobby for me. Like, I'm glad that it it's, does well. I got a day job, but I'm happy to do it, you know, happy to have been out there doing it. And I, I think that's a cool way to, I think that's a cool way for sports to be. I mean, right now, even the wokest pro athlete is like some kind of like neoliberal discipline monster in terms yeah, of yeah, how they no. approach the game. Like, you know, they're like getting awakened in the morning by personal assistants. Like they're getting slapped in the face to wake up. People are massaging their muscles, electro stimulation devices, you know, blood removal, man, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, they're what like, was that like, photo, by the way, with, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Cantor, right, on the Celtics about where, you know, they're talking about like, oh, it's great that he's supporting Black Lives Matter. And he's like, he has always been such a standard bearer for progress. And then people are just like showing photos of him and Bush, him and Giuliani, just <laughs> like hanging out with all these people. And well, then, I mean, those guys, those guys are fucking liberal resistance heroes these days. Oh, yeah. that's so. true. I'm sorry. I forgot yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Cantor is about to become the Lincoln Project icon Bush, just because he's tall. Bush, Bush offered a cough drop to Michelle Obama after his after her husband had just finished eight years of bombing brown people in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, he's a sweet guy. Ellen hung out with him. I guess Ellen is is going down. Ellen DeGeneres is going down for the. But they hung out. Bush that, and that Ellen. Is... All, everybody's buddies. And that's the thing. At the top of the game, everybody's buddies, and they all you know yeah. punch in and out together. And they're all everybody supports all the causes, like all the main causes. Everybody supports. Like I was watching an NHL game the other night, and like. 
like the NHL is, has, you know, gone in on these causes, which is fine. Like, you know, ev but every corporation has exactly regardless exactly. of whether it has any ties to that at all. They, like the the pendulum has swung wanna... the other way. Like you don't need to kneel in while the anthem is playing when Black Lives Matter is written on the actual, <laughs> you know, floorboards there. Like, uh, and you have your approved slogan on the back. Now, it's granted, like the, you know, like what the NHL did where all the players stood for the anthem, literally on the thin blue line, that could have probably been a, a better photo op well, for I'm them. I'm waiting but. for the Olympics to get restarted in 2021, and the yeah. U.S. Olympic Committee is going to mandate that every athlete give the power salute instead of just like <laughs> two of three on the podium at the 68 Olympics. Like, that'll totally, like, like freaking neuter the importance of that statement. Uh, you know, I'm, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the goal, right? I mean, that's the whole thing is, 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 is the five is, four is, blonde is, woman doing the black power. Yeah, yeah. Fist bomb. No, you've told no, they're going to, you put they're a gonna, they're, by they're, it. They're going to have a, they're going to have like a, 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 like a can of black paint that they often dip their hands oh, no. into. Oh, and no. then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's how you that's how the George Bushes of the world win. They don't win by winning elections. They don't win by crushing dissent in the street. They win by the fact that anything you ever thought was radical becomes pro forma in everything that you do. Like they yep. win when McDonald's is giving calling their coupons reparations. Once you get to that point, <laughs> oh. like, you, like you fucking jump the shark. Like you've lost all sense of what could be uh, a good concept if it actually involved money or meaningful things. But like you've just you've just you know you're serving that on a tray with the French fries and. It doesn't mean anything. So whoever thought this up or however it's happening, I don't think it's a conspiracy. However it's happening, man, yeah, it's they, are, they are brilliant. Like the American marketing system is mm -hmm. pretty amazing how it pulls everything together. It's better than I or any of us could ever be. Like it just takes whatever is out there, mushes it together. Remember like the 90s, it was like any sound that had any kind of authenticity quickly just became like corporate prepackaged stuff that was on the radio. They're like 500 Nirvanas and 500 this and 500 <laughs> that. They'll just serve that up to you. Like Hot Topic was the idea of like, let's take all that like outside the, there's no real politics that tied to that stuff. There was like an anti-politics, but let's take all of that and serve it up to you in a store. Boom, Hot Topic. Now mm, this other mm. stuff, let's take it serve it up to you on the, the football field. It, you know, eventually everybody's <laughs> going to be kneeling except for the protesters who are standing. But what they're standing for is for the original protest. Like the kneeling becomes yeah. such a big part of it that eventually you're going to have to do the opposite of it to actually get the original point through. I, know, I, have, to wonder, I have to wonder if and this is kind of maybe going back a little bit to this whole idea of back in the day where these guys who played pro pro sports were like during the day, they're actually working the docks or they were working the meatpacking plant or whatever. Because, you know, one of the things that we occasionally will have discussions about pro sports, like in my union. And like one of the things is like I, I noticed this like incredible, like anti-union attitude among my union members in terms of like <laughs> showing solidarity towards these players and you know and i and it's like well they're workers selling their labor uh you know yes it's 10 times 20 times 100 times what we make on a daily basis yeah but clean man make money yes what, what about <laughs> that huh god but it's like, I, and i wonder how much of it is this this like because the nfl the nba are able to just 
quickly swallow up and yeah. corporatize any of these social movements, which then like takes the wind out of those of us who are doing the actual fighting on I, I a day to day basis. Do y'all remember? I think it was two, maybe three years ago. Sorry. My whole sense of like time in the past has warped <laughs> now uh, because of fucking, uh, you know, this pandemic. But um, when all of the, the Kaepernick stuff was first uh, uh, experiencing the initial blowback and there was a group of players who then they wanted to, you know, have the NFL do a series of demands and get involved in the community and all, all these sorts of things. And the NFL countered by having like a committee within that would be operated by the NFL and that then split the group basically in yep. half. Like that, yeah. that is the quintessential example yeah. of Dude, then death just by fucking yeah. committee. Like I have, I have never seen, uh, I've rarely seen any formation of a committee within an institution that is working towards as as part of being the oppressor or in any way harming people like they're like oh we'll always form a committee we're going to form a task force we're going to do this and like what happens four years go by and everybody forgets about it oh yeah yeah like we're going to have an action task force to defund the police and then like 20 years later the finding is we should reduce the uh the police payroll by 0.5 percent and we also <laughs> recommend that you know we hire one extra secretary for the library and one fewer secretary for the precinct um and then you know there's a thousand pages of report or like you know like let's say there's some organization in the workplace that's really starting to get some juice so like oh there's a couple of dsa people in the workplace why not find why not just create the corporate dsa you know like we're gonna embrace <laughs> you we'll actually fund you and you can work inside for change and in fact we'll give you office space and you just go in there and do your own thing in fact we'll pay you you I mean, you could just there. say DSA. You didn't need to say corporate DSA. Come yeah, on. Now. I, I, think that's, I think that's now <laughs> understood. I, I, I agree. And in fact, I think that's going to happen. I mean, like, that's going to happen. It's going to be, I mean, co-opting anything yeah. is easy. Like, if you see any group, any little group getting some juice, just offer to make them official. They'll take it. And because, I mean, that's just human nature. And then they'll go in and, like, suddenly you're like, okay, you're part of the NFL. Like, you're, 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 you work for the NFL at the end of the day. You're still doing change. But you're like doing change for the company you're changing. So yeah. good luck with the changes. But I mean, that's the corporate mindset. That's that's a great way to manage dissent, honestly. It's hard to get around it. And I, I short of organizations actually failing or running out of revenue or genuinely being boycotted by fans or by customers, it's hard to see how you could get past that. You know, it really, it really is. And, you know, like like Gabriel was saying, like. You can't you can't even draw in like original like you can't even draw in like worker sympathy mm -hmm. for some of these workers who are fighting because the protest on their end is either so co-opted in corporate or so just removed from anything that they may not understand because the workers experience of the workplace is so different. Oh, you know, oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's I mean, hauling ice like Red Grange back for the Chicago Bears. Like, that's something <laughs> that like you could viscerally understand. Nobody's punching meat like Rocky in the off season or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not there. Yeah, well, all I mean, those remember, athletes I mean, have become would, like Rocky Four, Rocky Five yeah, level rich. You know? all, they're all like, yeah, they're all. It's that level. They've all moved to that. There is no like no humble punching meat running. The, maybe occasionally they'll run the steps, you know, just for authenticity. But that's that's with about nineteen it. photographers trailing behind them to I mean, try and get. I think yeah. like what what was the last time like when the when the NFL tried to bring scabs in? What in the late eighties and the nineties? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. and like the Teamsters. Show 
showed up and were ready to like kick the shit out of the scabs. I'm like, that is like <laughs> hardcore fifties and sixties unionism right there. Like Wait, that is union solidarity. The sad part is in the like little 30 for 30 documentary, it makes it clear the scabs probably had the most authentic worker experience. Given oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Most of them were like fucking stocking shelves, uh, a la Kurt Warner later on. Most of them were, uh, had day jobs. Well, the one guy actually went on, it's like a real estate broker for the, there was a profile, like the Washington Redskins, uh, scabs. It's a, it's a good little documentary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but there's like, at the same time, they're scabs, right? So like unions yeah. will oppose them. You're going to all stand against them. But it was funny that like the time that workers come in or you try to fill the team with these guys, they're going to get, they're going to get spat upon. So it just, it just, you know, it just, the confusion multiplies. It really does. I found out recently, by the way, um, there's a family friend of ours uh, over here in the Houston area. The only thing I knew about him was that he uh, played for the Dallas Cowboys for a couple of years, or what I thought was a couple of years as a punter. What I didn't realize is that he was actually one of the fucking scabs that oh. played uh, uh, during right. that season for like four games or so. And, you know, uh, before that, yeah, he was uh, went to Baylor and then he got out and he had like some sort of, you know, what pre-computer science degree, like whatever, you know eventually blossomed into so he did that then he went back to school again to to get a master's and so it is just uh really weird because i don't think on his mind he was even thinking about the larger more ethereal conversation taking place he just saw it as oh this is an opportunity i have to play on the dallas cowboys yeah. uh, and so yeah. he saw it that way and so uh, I, I just I hadn't thought about how bizarre that would be that these people who are, uh, 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 you know, truck drivers and stuff like that are getting shat on by these uh, professional athletes <laughs> for their anti worker uh, stances that they're somehow taking. And they really that really was the mindset like Sean Payton, the coach of the, the Saints, is one of the most famous of the scabs like his only NFL experience is from scab games. But. When he, he's talked about this, like when he talks to players, they both can have the commonality that they played in the show. You know, they were there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Sean Payton was there as a scab and a replacement out of Eastern Illinois uh, <laughs> or Southern Illinois. One of those one of those ones. And the, these players might have been drafted or have come up the uh, the normal way. But, yeah, I mean, I think everybody that took it. And I think a lot of the scabs, too, when you talk to them, it's exactly that. Like, it's it's not. I've been breaking the union. They're not thinking that they're crossing. Right. It's not like the Homestead strike in, in 1892. And you're like going out to fight the wrong, like fight the workers. It's not that it's that you wanted to get your name in the NFL record book forever by hitting one carry at running back for like <laughs> the Denver Broncos. And then you're there. But that's what happens, man. You know, uh, I, I did want to dismantle the system. That was my goal when I decided to <laughs> risk ripping yeah. my MCL apart. Well, I mean, I, th I, I think there's the, the, there's this deal, right? Where the, the bosses are so good at dividing and conquering so all good. workers. I mean, this is, this is a situation that's playing out right now at my university where uh obviously universities are reopening uh, like one of the big things there's a lot of these uh athletes are refusing to refusing to play or being forced potentially forced to play i've already seen how the mlb like you doing any sort of traveling sports stuff you're gonna get covid like these young athletes mm -hmm. are probably gonna die 
But you have all these faculty <laughs> members, the supposed Marxist leftist <laughs> faculty members who are like all dead set on teaching in person, like the highest risk thing you can do. And they yeah. guilt their graduate TAs who don't want to be there in person. Like I, a, a good friend of mine was basically, she's like, her partner is like a super high risk category. The TA who was on my PhD committee basically guilt is like, okay, well, if you're not going to teach in, if you're not going to TA in person, this other TA is going to take on all the responsibility for in-person stuff. And it's like just guilting and dividing workers. I, I have seen a couple pieces from like, like these like legendary professors and teachers who are claiming they're going back on the front lines or that we need to go back on the front lines. And the funny thing is a lot of those people, you could have recorded them 20 years ago and you could have just phased them out 20 years ago and just played a recording of them. Why do they need to <laughs> oh, be yeah. there now? Like, like, you know, you got to roll this guy out and he's going to give the same lecture he gave in 1998, you know, because God damn it, he's got, he's got uh, civic virtue and we've all got to pull together <laughs> to win this one. And, you know, we don't, some of them know deep down too, that like, would they need to keep the customers there? There's a lot of schools where the margins aren't big enough. Mm -hmm. If you've got 2000 or 3000 undergrads, or if you're a private school and you have 2,000 to 3,000 kids, yeah. you can't lose 20 of them. You can't lose 100 of them. If you lose 100 at 30,000, that's going to have to be some faculty cuts or something. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, there's going to be... Gone. There's, there's going to be huge... I mean, the biggest problem, I think, or I think the biggest risk to many of these universities is, is going to be like the historically black colleges, the Hispanic-serving colleges, which are much smaller schools operating on shoestring budgets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a place where sometimes, you know, there are, there are sports stars and what have you that come out of these programs, mm -hmm. you know, because they, you know, they didn't get into a D1 school. I mean, like, Dwayne Wade is pretty famous for coming out of like a small school. Marquette, that was completely yeah, off, yeah. yeah, Marquette, completely off the radar at the time. And it's like, you know, those, so there's going to be schools like that who, you know, if COVID breaks out and they have to mm -hmm. shut her down. And of course, this is you know decades of of cutting back at state and federal funding for these schools, and so is that how you think, think we could make people care? Is to be like oh, yeah, Dwayne Wade care. needs a college education, <laughs> Steph Marquette, Curry needs a college Marquette, education. If Marquette or Davidson, uh, where Curry went, run into any yeah. economic trouble, those two should really step up to the plate. Uh, if nobody <laughs> else does at that point, uh, I hate to say, it, I mean, there's richer people than them that came out of both schools, but like, or if East Carolina University, which is a state yeah. university, starts falling into trouble, Vince McMahon, the most famous alum, better cut a check to ECU. <laughs> to keep it going rather than just like recording pregame messages for them. Like he does and puts up on the big board. Uh, uh, oh, but like, those, those, those pregame messages are worth a half million dollars a pop, my friend. I, I mean, he'd say so. Yeah. His, uh, yeah that's exactly. For tax purposes. <laughs> he has to. Is that they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a valuable commodity. His voice or likeness is worth tons. Um, the XFL, the rights to its name was just uh, co-purchased by the rock. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. That's right for 15 million because yeah. that's how much just the name is worth. You don't get anything <laughs> else, but you get to say the words XFL or you letters. Just put a even. different letter, like a different <laughs> letter in there, like the like the the OFL or the EFL or any of the other pick extreme <laughs> FL, you know, like pick mm -hmm. any other letter. The X is really valuable. I, apparently, like, I I was always partial to the UFL. 
Do y'all remember that from like 2011 or so? Like the United Football League that yeah, they were yeah, trying yeah. to kick off? That uh, had a bunch of like old time. That had a bunch of like retread coaches and players in it. Like I think Dante Culpepper wound up in it and some yeah. of these hacks. Like I mean, just, it, it's I a very it similar to, to the, the, the latest version of the XFL in that way, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the June well, Jones was coaching in the... Uh, in the XFL. And that guy is like the ultimate retread uh, of, of retreads. Now, hold I on, just, sir. I, I have to defend June Jones, the, the undefeated <laughs> Houston coach. roughnecks here. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's taken, you know, such illustrious programs as Hawaii and Southern Methodist to bowl games. You know, he's, he's given us, he's given us all kinds of great players over the years, like Timmy Chang and Emmanuel Sanders. And he did coach Deion Sanders with Atlanta though coached into the playoffs but like june jones is just one of those names we'll be hearing that name 35 years from now when he's coaching like some kind of like a cgi football league and he's half dead uh, <laughs> you just got to keep coaching man like larry brown the basketball coach was the other one who also made his way to southern methodist and like got booted uh, for all kinds of weird stuff but like larry brown will be coach i'm surprised he hasn't returned yet maybe he died i don't know but like i'm surprised he's not coaching a ball team right you now what, let, let's not double check it all right to I a mean, real we, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he took Iverson yeah, I mean, to the. Well, first off, I think Coach K is gonna is license his likeness out <laughs> to some sort of holographic coaching program yeah. in the near future. I, I I would enjoy. Do you think that they could do um what was that like mutant football league that was on like the Super uh, yeah. Nintendo? Yeah, it was. A you great just have like hell, Coach yeah. July Jones, just yeah. names that are slightly different enough, you know. Yeah, well, I yeah, think... Bones Jackson. Yeah. Names, uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, I know you're, I know you're again. You know, you're saying you're against like these guys. maybe taking steroids and what have you. No, I I'm for say... I'm for them taking okay. whatever. I just love to have a league of bums. Uh, also, yeah. no, all right. So I mean, I would, I would BFL, argue that maybe you... the bum fuck <laughs> league. The bum okay, just bums. Just bums <laughs> off the couch. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say, what we need to do is just go ahead and legalize any and all experimental yeah. treatments and drugs, and then we can actually create the mutant football league. Who knows? Like, let's graft like a couple of extra arms onto some of these blockers. You know, see what happens. Like, yeah, I mean, it's research and probably good for their health. Mostly good for their recovery, at least. Maybe not good for their health, but probably good for their recovery and good for yeah. their like immediate injuries. I say, bring it. I say, we need like multiple leagues to cover all that like tested untested partially tested see you know that way you get different control <laughs> groups for research purposes and you can see who does the most who does the best but also who has the most negative side effects so like if the if the untested league is starting to have some high blood pressure and cholesterol issues which are the only real side effects of a lot of that stuff maybe then you just taper it down a little bit have like a you can only take this much league uh, but either way I mean, i'm all for it i want the guys I, to play for 50 years yeah, I, I think ultimately, I do have I think ultimately a, a the question the, uh, about well, that. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Gabe. Yeah, no, I was gonna say. I mean, I I think here's the thing: is the U.S. Imperial War Machine would probably be very interested oh, in yeah. funding all of these leagues. Yeah. You know? Well, hell, they're already like the pilots are take. They, like, if you send your pilots out, like they won't admit to it. Like those guys are all on modafinil and stuff like that. Like, if they're doing those big turnaround bombing flights, they're hyped up on everything. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, like that's this that's just a mission necessity. So yeah, we'll definitely I'm sure they definitely would take uh 
take tips. I mean, there's that whole concept of like getting like mission huge when you're sent somewhere, deployed somewhere. Like, I mean, guys will come back looking like tanks, uh, you know, at these like <laughs> deployed gyms. So who knows what makes its way into the base or, or gets bought, yeah. but it's all, you know, it's to keep the boys healthy out in the field. You know, you got to keep the boys healthy to go out there and, and do the work. Uh, you know, Fallujah, Benghazi, all the big <laughs> ones, you know, you got to be ready. You know, it goes incredibly well, like in an intense uh, imperialist uh, war marching, just roid rage the entire yeah. time. Yeah, like. yeah. yeah, just, you know, one guy can be an army of one. That used to be the slogan. Remember that? Like army of one. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> no. That's a pretty that good slogan. That was also around the time of the killing the lava dragon, right? For the Marines. Like it used to, wow. let's be honest, those slogans used to rule. Oh, that was the ad, right? Like where he, the Marine would vanquish yeah. the lava dragon. Yeah. And then, then like his armor would come off and he would be in a Marine dress yeah. uniform. Yeah, he'd been in his Marine blues. <sighs> I actually, like, until you mentioned that, that was like in my head as like a movie or a dream. <laughs> like it had faded into the background enough that like, that may have been something I believed that I dreamed or that, you know, like some of those ads on the back of comic books from the late eighties or early nineties, like oh, you, yeah. you see them and you just, but that one there in particular, that, and the army of one always puzzled me because an army of one is like really ineffective. I believe the, uh, the term <laughs> the media Rambo. uses these days is lone wolf. If I remember correctly. What is the slogan for the armed forces right now? Like go army. Go army is that one? Like, that's one of them. And then it's Beat like... Navy. That's all it is. Just... <laughs> Spike, Lee, Spike Lee made those Navy. Uh, Spike Lee's done a bunch of like Navy commercials. Uh, I'm starting to think that uh, maybe Spike Lee isn't the woke king we all <laughs> think that he is. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, he was selling Nikes in the '80s. He helped get the Air Jordan out to the public. Yeah. Mars well, Blackman. And what's what's crazy is like, you know, right now is we're heading into an economic depression and like, honestly, like, so I was graduating high school out of a, into like an economic downturn. And I remember my high school guidance counselor was like, uh, construction or the military, those are your choices right now. And it's like, those commercials kind of ruled. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's join the military. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you can learn you can learn an important trade uh, like you know grease and hubcaps, uh, <laughs> you know lubrication. That's real big. That actually is pretty useful. There's trucking ice in Chicago. That was the right answer all along, Gabe. My God, uh, yeah. I, I did have a question though about uh, HGH because you had mentioned that you know mm -hmm. you had been doing uh, research and everything for an article on that. Uh, what is you know, uh, taking out all the risk and the long-term negative side effects, what is like the, the fastest possible turnaround time uh, that, that someone could push for? Like if, for example, you know, like Mark Cuban finds out that like uh, Luca, like, his knee blows out uh, while walking down the stairs, like what's the soonest he could try to uh, push We already to get him saw back? that. I mean, there's already an example that exists and it's Adrian Peterson on the Minnesota Vikings. That turnaround was almost certainly drug aided. He came back, rushed for 2000 yards. That, um, granted, granted yeah, looked, it's hard to better <laughs> coming back than he did going out. So whatever was tested during that run, um, that should be used. That should be just the standard. But what they did with the study that Cuban financed, and the interesting thing about it is these companies that produce HGH, even though they, they sell it to anti-aging clinics, you know, in places that will mm -hmm. give it to you with a prescription, they don't provide the drugs for free for use in studies like 
like that involved strengthening. Like here, it was like strengthening of the knee after an injury, which is like a main basketball injury. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want that. That's not what that stuff is used for. Primarily, it's used for dwarfism. Like it's used for growth uh, abnormalities. Like because that's that's it's it, you know stimulates that particular or simulates or, that particular uh, that particular like missing hormone. Or or it's given to uh, aging people. Uh, not that's not really a primary use. And that's not researched either. So primary like so even doing the research that they did that Cuban Cuban bought the entire supply of HGH they had to carefully sort the amount of people <laughs> and then they gave them probably half of what would be the most effective dose mm-hmm. uh, and so and they really only had like a sample of like thirty or sixty people or something like that uh, it's and Cuban they trying still to get sucked. a seven foot six center out of a yeah. five five guy is all <laughs> he, he wouldn't admit to that basically <laughs> that he was just funding. He was funding science that other people wouldn't fund because the companies won't give the drugs away for free and they don't want them to be used. Steroid makers, it's the same thing. Like nobody wants to see, you know, even a even a low grade an- drug like Anavar used for anything other than like AIDS wasting, right? So like mm-hmm. HIV AIDS wasting. I mean, look at Magic Johnson. Like that yeah, is a yeah. testament to, you know, many drugs. He's taken many drugs, but like steroids, for example, keeping that guy vigorous and strong uh he'll never i mean he may not even have it he, like that's the joke like he doesn't even have hiv any anymore somehow but uh, <laughs> on the, a long enough timeline we didn't know how it only affects the body for like 45 years then it times out <laughs> as interesting you just gotta get jacked it, yeah as interesting <laughs> as it would be to find out like and these companies surely would find out. Well, like i probably deep down would like to find out there's no company that's going to supply their steroids or their human growth hormone to tra- to train athletes vertical leaps or they're like, you know, power clean of their bench press. They're not going to do that. So we'll never get anything without, and this, I mean, this was the Cuban point. We'll never get anything but mere anecdotal information um, Mm -hmm. without actual research being done. Now, when I talked to some players, advocates, what they said was, that's all well and good. But if you keep LeBron on the bench for 10 more years, that's probably three to five more roster slots or salary slots that don't get filled in those years. And so from an equity perspective, there's a chance that you're not going to sort as many people through the league. And that would have to be sort that would have to be sorted out as well. Because what we saw in baseball when older players played longer, the players were really able to extract some good deals out of the owners into their 40s. Like Bonds was like hitting, you know, 40 dingers at 40, 41 years old. But naturally, naturally yeah, he yeah, was doing totally that. Naturally, but totally naturally, but I mean, just a little bit of creatine, (laughs) but the result was that like, you didn't have a lot of young players coming up into the game. Now the baseball is a great example because with, with better drug testing, that drug testing happens to remove the players who are out of arbitration from the labor pool. So the players who are passing through arbitration, who are the best deals because those are arbitrator negotiated salaries per the terms of, of like the MB MLBPA agreements mm-hmm. those are sweetheart deals and usually you're 29 or 30 by the or 28 by the time those run out and that's really the end of your effective earning period now some guys will get good deals through that like they'll make good money baseball has sure. a huge revenue pie to divide but it does mean that the league has gotten younger so when you introduce uh, hormones pro hormones uh, and hgh into the, a sports mix what you're going to do is alter the age of the labor force as well and that 
you know, workers have different opinions about that. Like if you're 60 years, if you're 40 years old and you want to keep playing ball, obviously you're going to, you're going to have one opinion about this, but if you're 22 and you're like, look at this old son of a gun, you know, he's just all, well, I mean, he's got a head the size of a basketball, like, uh, you <laughs> Again, know, he's a totally to be- normal and natural development yeah. that happens to the human yeah, body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His arms are purple colored from the like shoelace sized veins going down them. Uh, he's got like weird, he's got like weird bulbous bloat on an otherwise incredibly fit body. Like, like, what the fuck's going on with this guy? Let me, this 22-year-old guy who's, you know, just, you know, the prime of my life, uh, let me play and, and get get him to the sidelines, let him coach or something. So there's, a, there's, that, there's that dynamic, too, that I think people miss when they're thinking about steroids and sports. And that's something, like, in the piece that I've written about it, I try to think a little bit about, like, workers are competing with the managers, but they're also competing with each other. And so that right. also can impact solidarity. So like when I asked the NBPA about uh, HGH as possibly allowable for a therapeutic use, what they said was the essential like no comment, which was like, you know, this drug allowances or drug testing or what is what is tested or not is subject to collective bargaining and collective bargaining is subject to, you know, discussions with the players association, with the personnel coming to agreement on that. So it's not just open and shut. Like essentially like Mark Cuban has his reasons for why he's doing it. Uh, he has his stated reasons, but I mean, also he surely has his unstated reasons for why he's doing it. <laughs> and he probably sees like a multiplier effect. If you can keep Luca on the bench 10 more years, that's much more valuable than keeping like Bismarck Biombo Jr. on the bench for one year and getting, you know, getting yeah. not even like a Jersey sold off that guy uh, versus having this, this, you know, popular player that's there forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want, you know, if I, it's just like pro wrestling. If you could have Hulk Hogan go forever or Ric Flair go, and they almost did, and, you know, Ric Flair go forever. Uh, <laughs> why not have LeBron go forever? Why replace what's His the hair best? Can't you know? keep up. Okay. No, it's like, really uh, thinned out. Like he's uh he's a classic <laughs> case. Uh I don't want to throw any like I mean he's the greatest ball player no matter what, but I, I mean that guy has clearly found a way around a lot of systems, just like John Jones, greatest MMA fighter, but also surely doing something to help himself. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, like what I like about John Jones though is that he occasionally gets busted for drugs and ruins his life for like six months. So he's always <laughs> coming back. Yeah, I like, no, I like a good comeback story. That, so like that's how John- you keep that rocky energy, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, stay rocky too all the time. Is my point? I guess, yeah, he's, so he's the you- best. But he's training like a he, he trains like a he got that neoliberal work discipline, but only six months yeah. out of the year. Then the other <laughs> six months of the year is three sheets to the wind, running over people in your car. Um, <laughs> Dude, just fucking just king, man. king. Yeah. True <laughs> American a, a exceptionalism move. causing havoc yeah. abroad. That, that's the plan, yeah. at least. So I, I guess I'm curious in, in your in your research, did you uh come across any of the stuff regarding like West Side Barbell and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean Louis Simmons like, you know, and all that. Yeah, Louis Simmons, how he's basically like everybody's gotta be on drugs yeah, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> to be successful, everybody. I mean, like, I'm I'm friends with Mark Bell. I'm really friends with Chris Bell, who did the okay. bigger, stronger, faster movie. And like, the the thing about, I mean, they're they're both like, you know, better living through chemistry guys. I mean, the movie that Chris Bell did was initially like, should I take steroids? And later on in life, he just answered it by taking them. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I know that that movie, that's the arc of the movie. 
but the answer and like Mark Bell reinvented himself, uh, you know, by taking going from taking powerlifting style steroids. So he's big and fat in that movie. Yeah. Real strong to taking stuff that made him jacked and tan, which became his brand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, by which he sells like bench press uh, assistance products and stuff. Like, I oh god, I <laughs> so, can't. The fucking slingshot. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have one. God. They gave me. They gave me all that stuff, so I have it all. It's great. You know, definitely worth zero dollars. It's great. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, I respect the hustle. I respect. I've written a lot about like hustlers and influencers, fitness influencers. Like, I respect the hustle, even if I wouldn't, you know, buy an ice cube off those guys. Like I, I love to see the content, you know, I'm not going to watch it. Uh, yeah. but I love one guy even told me, uh, he's like, he's like, I don't even read my timeline. He's like, my goal is to just put content out there. He's like, I just need <laughs> to be on as many screens as possible. Oh, you got to respect the grift. Like that yeah. is, that's that's what it is. right up your alley. That's so Gabe. much more honest. Than <laughs> You know what I mean? That's oh, so I, much more honest than like a lot, like some like, you know, political star on Twitter. These guys will just tell me straight up like, yeah, I want my timeline to be a mirror. I either mute everyone else or have no one else in the feed. And I just mm -hmm. focus on my own notifications and I answer them if it looks like I can make some money off them. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be my strategy. It's going to be like, help me. My grandfather left me all of his money in my will. Do you have any supplement <laughs> recommendations? Please follow this URL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, you got to work. That's a good sympathy angle. You'll draw them in. But these guys are brilliant in that, in sure. that sense. But, you know, getting back to the West Side Barbell question, I mean, everybody in, everybody in the upper ranks of non-tested strength sports has to be using or should be, I mean, is using steroids. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, that word, that's like the, the goal is to find out how strong somebody can get. That's part of it. Uh, and I mean, ultimately too, like you'll have things like West Side Barbell that have like specific methodologies for getting stronger here or there, but there are really just yeah. two ways to get stronger, take steroids and eat calories. Mm, and like yeah. the third one is to work is out, but the third one is to work out with progressive resistance, but there are a million ways to do that. I, I mean, like world records in the squat and other things were set on a diet of steroids and boxes of those grits that weren't even yeah. in water. The guy would just drink the fucking grits out of the box to, uh, to get the, uh, the caloric impact. Hell yeah. <laughs> water is just wasted space, my friend. Yeah. You drink you the gotta... pop. Yeah. They'd suck down some protein powders, <laughs> suck down some grits. You hit 5,000 calories, 10,000 calories that way. What a life. My yeah, God, I, mean, I, I, was, I once I was, tried to was, like just like do a tablespoon of kratom dry, and I fucking yeah, killed why? myself. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, but there are people that'll do that. They, uh, they don't I, mind. No, but, dude, I do the you know back when I was in back when I was uh, lifting a lot of weights for rugby and what have you. It was like pre workout, dry, straight in the mouth, a little bit of water, and boom. Like yeah, that was the big thing. Dude. Everybody, everybody wanted to do it dry, uh, or you'll see them do them dry. All right, you can also just put water in them. You know, you can mix them up. It's yeah, yeah down I mean, the same way. You can you can mix the least amount of water possible and just turn it into a shooter. Like you don't, <laughs> like you don't have to like all of a sudden just immediately lose all yeah. the moisture in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're gonna die. It's part of the experience. Yeah, you know, like the Ronnie Coleman <laughs> method of of lifting heavy weights every day in huge numbers, and then being crippled when you're in your fifties. Mm -hmm. you know like like i mean he went all out and he has no regrets like that's the attitude i like when you're like you oh, obliterated yeah. your lower back to the point where you walk around like this 
uh, you know, with the two like picks, you know, like mountain climbing, uh, <laughs> like, and like, just like Everest to, to go yourself. to Target. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's probably, he probably sees it in his own head as a good grip or four arm workout, you know, with that mentality. <laughs> uh, because dude, the guy, I met him like at the 2017 Arnold classic, like at one of like the hall of fame things, they're pushing this guy in, in a wheelchair and like, he's got abs bulging through his shirt in a wheelchair and <laughs> my god that's just amazing like, like yeah he i mean he will be jack in his coffin in a decade or five years <laughs> i will write the obit uh for you know someone at that point uh and i i will wonder what the hell happened you know but like he will have lived life exactly as he wanted which is uh really you know, just ain't nothing but a peanut as a lifestyle, you know, <laughs> like that is the greatest line that anyone's ever said in a, in a workout video, because it's so mindless. Like he's just, yeah. he's like, you know, very, very good reps. Usually you'll see terrible reps from body, but the good powerlifting reps over and over ain't nothing but a peanut. And now he doesn't have a bat. Like he doesn't have a lower back. Like there's like the vertebrae yeah. are like smooshed. Like he's, what a life. Oh, and if anybody cares, he was a cop for 20 years. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. Hold on. That dude, that dude looked like that while an Arlington cop. He was competing while an Arlington, Texas cop, busting drug dealers. Well, and then pumped, taking their drugs. Well, <laughs> well, at least they're all pumped full of drugs that if a doctor was diagnosing the amount that he would need of anything, they weren't. there's no way. But even the most unethical doctor would get busted off that. So can you imagine like you're just puffing a jo joint or something in 1992 and this dude busts you <laughs> and you, you know, the deal you're like, this guy's full of illegal chemicals. I'm, I'm, I'm like puffing a J. I don't even have a pipe. I'm just rolling it in paper. Like I'm a high schooler, mm -hmm. you know, and this guy's going to bust me. Uh, no, I, I mean, I know we keep on doing Sylvester Stallone comparisons, but it's like Tango and Cash busts in all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just takes you out like a linebacker. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I, I would not be uh, in the best of moods after that. Yeah. Short Especially fucking... if he gave a lecture on not doing drugs. <laughs> you, know, you know, stay away from drugs. It's not good for you. Um, there was no one in Arlington in 1992 not doing drugs. I mean, that's a very, I, I taught there for four years at the University of Texas, Arlington. It's like parking lots and uh, strip malls. Hell yeah. America. The that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, no, place. I don't think there's anywhere in the Southwest that isn't just parking lots and strip malls. I love friend. it. You can park anywhere. My, my oh, favorite great. thing I about like, it, yeah. you know, like Southwest culture is definitely the fact that there can be, you know, like a Taekwondo student. Taekwondo studio in the same shopping center as like a dry cleaners <laughs> and a church just at the same time. <laughs> and it's the just... best restaurant in the city. Yes. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. Four of those things can be there. Like when I was going down there for the job interview, like they took me to like, they're like, this is the best Italian restaurant in the city. And we drove into one of those strip malls and it was very good. It was in a oh yeah. Strip mall. Like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There's I a, mean, that's convenient. That's our version of hole in the wall. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I like that the strip malls have begun to age so that you can almost date the eras that they and the oh, wide yeah. open apartment complexes of Arlington sort of came into existence like oh those went up in the 80s and they're right behind the arlington mall and these ones yeah, went up in the 2000s and they got a nice pool and like that's like what a what a society the, what an interesting the best part the best part about those strip malls is like when they just share signs between businesses as they like turn over yep. like the taekwondo place became a bjj like studio and like the, you know it's just like it just says Chinese, but then like it was a La- La- Laotian restaurant, but it was a Vietnamese mm-hmm. restaurant. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> like my favorite are when they uh, they erect the the shitty little uh, hard plastic banners that they put over the lights for it, so then oh, like yeah. it lights it up, you know, <laughs> and it's like DNM leasing real estate or whatever, but it's shining through a banner <laughs> that will be just talking about you know some thrift shop or whatever. It's just it, truly a magical place. Yeah, yeah. People, if they have if they have listened to this and they have not gone to any one of those states, they should. It's the coldest air conditioning in the country. It's really amazing. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, I loved walking into a Best Buy down there. Because uh, <laughs> there's a ton of Best Buys, but you get hit by a gust, almost like a nor'easter, when you walk in. <laughs> and you'd be cool instantly. And somehow, and I also ran my AC like a, a ton while I was down there. And my power bills were minuscule. Mm-hmm. Like I oh, am yeah. not like what's what what is going on down there? Like there's just a massive amount of energy that's being devoted to to cooling these spaces to the point where it's like ice cold. Like your my glasses would fog up due to like the correction whenever yeah. I went outside. Oh, there was yeah. never a time. Oh, that's, no, it's the best. That's well, called normal. Is what it is. Thank you very much. I mean, um, I went to undergrad at Arizona State, and like geez. one of the things, one of the things that we looked for was, you know, you'd have the occasional apartment complex that would offer free AC included. Oh my god! In the rent, and oh god, that was like you'd run that shit at fifty-five degrees. Yeah, like, you would, brother. Like you. Like you just ho- start hanging raw meat in your living room because it's not going to spoil. <laughs> yeah, the, the Southwest does it right when it comes to air conditioning. The Southeast is pretty good, but the Southwest, they they don't mess around. Like the uh, just, I just like to stand near the sliding doors. Sometimes you get a little bit of both. You know, oh, sliding yeah. door comes open. There's the gust. Then it's you know you start warming up a little bit again. You know, uh, and you get hit again. <laughs> it's it just, well, it's, it's like you you acclimatize yourself. Because if you just like go from like the 110 degree heat into that 65 degree air conditioning, you know, you're, you're liable to get pneumonia. But then you, <laughs> if you just like wait a few minutes and let yourself, you know, let your body temperature come down a little bit and then you walk in. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's great to see workers working in uh, hoodies mm. and uh, at 110 <laughs> yeah. degree heat. You know, everybody's in a hoodie, they're in pants, um, some people are in actual jackets, and it's just taken as as normal. That's man conquering the environment. Exactly, the way it should be. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, I, I do have, by the way, one last uh, sports question here, um, and it, it is uh, something that I think you would be uniquely uh, qualified to answer here, Oliver. Um, and that comes from our uh, our group Twitter chat that we have, oh, our wow. Socialist Bubble Ball Caucus is the, the current name. Uh, wow. I think the, the subtitle is something about, like, go Phoenix Suns, we will bleed right. for Arizona. But um, okay. what, Sorry, we're fixed-pilled over one there. One of the members has... <laughs> 
a theory that Mark Cuban is, uh, for lack of a better word, bigoted towards white players, considering the fact that probably two of the top five, maybe two of the top four in the game are part of his team and that they kind of have this, you know, Sith Lord relationship uh, to each other uh, a little bit about trying to push that. Now, obviously, I, you know, I'm sure you wouldn't have sent him an email or anything about I that. I definitely sort didn't of ask him about that. I, I've <laughs> no. never talked uh, about that. You know, like I've, I've heard, you know, fans and other people talk about it. And I think that there's a distinction that's drawn between having European players on your team and having JJ Reddick on your team. <laughs> and they're two very different things, right? So, like, if the starting five of, of the Mavericks was Larry Bird and JJ Reddick, uh, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of these Danny Ainge and, and a bunch of these fill ins, like, yeah, you know what you're working with there. But, I mean, culturally speaking, if you've got, if you've got a Lithuanian and, uh, well, what is Luca? I, I know. Uh, Slovenian. Okay, yep. so you got a Slovenian and a Lithuanian. Kristaps uh, is uh, uh, is Lithuanian, both, right? Both Slavs, mind <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, which yeah. That, which you game know, will go to the mat is declaring as a uh, uh, what what were what were you saying? Uh, POC stands for what game in this case? Uh, no, I think Slav POC. Okay, is okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, depending that. on depending on what brand of reactionary you ask and what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they could be, they could be pretty much anything. I mean, the etymology of the word alone, right? Like that. Mm -hmm. So, so like Mark Cuban, I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think he's just prejudiced towards the like soft gameplay style of the Europeans. Cause he'd have, you know, <laughs> it, you know, you have plenty that's of a much uh, more hurtful explanation. Sir. <laughs> yeah. You have plenty of like, uh, you know, players coming out of France. He'd, he'd bring them over too. No problem. Uh, <laughs> as long as they play soft and they can flop, I think he'd be fine with it. <laughs> So hey, respect the griff. That's all I, that's all I have to say. He's found like, a way to make it work. One title, uh, got close one time. He got shack pilled. Um, <laughs> he got ref pilled is what it was. <laughs> Dwayne Wade has more free throw attempts than the entire Mavericks team for like that guy. Five, that guy can take games. a five. Man, that guy doesn't really score outside of uh, free throws and uh, you know off balance twos. Uh, that's really his, right. his game. It's a yeah. good game. It you was know, I'm, I'm, that was the grift 1.0 like that was okay, the, original God, no, no. the original grifter. Are, are you about <laughs> to start pushing your Harden theory that this is grift no, 3.0? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are going to enter an era of the NBA where if you are not shooting 50% of your shots from the free throw line, <laughs> you are a you are a bottom third level player. <laughs> you hear that? Checking notes. TJ Warren. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> TJ Warren. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. very Look, cool. I mean, it's Harden, Shia, you know, CP3 is out there teaching all those young guys on OKC how to flop, how yeah, to take no fouls. One, no one thought through with that one. Like, <laughs> the Thunder are going to be the team of floppers yeah. and snitches for the next decade. Ja, I'm sorry, like, John ja, ja Morant is learning how to, like, is a pretty good flopper already. Like, I'm telling you, they're, like, it's it's not going to be D'Antoni who's going to make small, small ball work. It's going to be somebody else who's going to get Ja Romant, uh, John ja Morant, uh, uh, Shia, you know, maybe, maybe Patrick Beverly on the, on the team and they're gonna, they're gonna make it work. 
they're going to make it work. A bunch of people who are, you know, they're going to get 50% of their points from the free throw line. Yeah. And as long as the NBA stays Euro pilled, it's going to, it's going to be, uh, when it comes to fouls and defense, uh, it's, there's no choice. I, I'm all for moving that three point line back to a six point line and just letting them rip from Antoine Walker distance. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might as well, like the three point line, like, that's probably my least, you know, like, yeah, uh, screw that like, thing. It just, yeah. Yeah, the, the fact that everyone is now shooting just from the sides because that's the smallest range or distance point of travel, like it, it's a cheat code now. We got we got to work on that. We got to figure something out here. Uh, yeah, make that three point line not on the sides anymore. Draw that line out. That thing needs to get step on that thing. You're out of bounds. Like that needs. They're to talking about right. making the courts wider just because yeah. of how big the players are. Wow. The, not Hold even on, I hadn't thought about that. Line. Okay, oh. we just make it a football field, right? <laughs> Only this time. <laughs> All that will do is allow even more intricate passing. I, I want to get. That's the thing they're talking about. That that's the next evolution in the game is widening the court, and then you know that whole aspect of it. God, no, really they, gotta, they gotta let the Dennis Rodman defense come back because that's the only thing that can keep the nerds from taking over the game. <laughs> you just got mud fights down in the paint and guys are like headbutting each other you can't really you can't use math as skillfully to like predict the impact of rick mahorn in the trenches like you don't know what <laughs> no, uh, absolutely not you know like you know ben wallace at least got a title before he went but like i'd like to see you know, five ben wallaces on the court just brutalizing each other uh, to get the ball but but, but you can't you, there's no like theory of scoring there expected points per shot or whatever that's going to have any meaning at that point where guys are like you know horse collaring each other as they go down like you take <laughs> all of that math out of the game and you just get it back to the lunch pail right and the fans love that yeah, stuff no it's Detroit. I mean, love the this lunch is what pail. you want Absolutely. yeah i mean i, I city basketball court yeah to this day uh when uh kobe bryant got horse collared back in 2006 <laughs> by the phoenix suns i attest that that was not a foul that was just incidental contact it just forgot what sport they were playing it was legal in the <laughs> nfl at the time should have been legal in basketball come on now yeah. Oh my God. Look, Kobe just got in the way of homie's arm. Like, you know, it's just, you know, Raja Bell was just there. His <laughs> arm happened to be out in space and Kobe Bryant got clothesline. I think whenever you're telling a story and it involves both of those names, people are automatically going to side with one of them. I'm not sure <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, only one of them is going to have reached the place at the correct time. <laughs> good acceleration. Uh, so those sons really had some of the great, uh, unusual, out-of-shape players. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. You know, like, the French center. I mean, that guy was, uh, that guy was a, a force. I'm surprised he never ended up a maverick, uh, for any, any season. And he's a spur, but like, that's a, that's a big thing. Nothing like a truly soft player with a soft touch. Oh, yeah. The spurs also like their Europeans. Yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, true. Boris Diaw Boris is like the definitive Boris. spur other than Manu. Like you get them both out there and you've got like the softest game, uh, on I think you yeah, can Boris, probably Boris do Dio that. I was a son as well. You could probably just start to make like a, a like an all Texas team 
Euro team because I mean like Scola on the Rockets among others you know just yeah. really really get some some nice uh, soft boy Pillsbury style <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and like you know for people talking about you know whether there's a race there's no racial component to it you whether it's Boris Diaw or Louis Scola like they're all gonna flop and they're all gonna they're all gonna get like bullied in the paint on purpose and it's just, just I mean even great... Enos Cantor. <laughs> he's good at, he's good at they're all good at scoring they all have a yeah, exactly. i mean Everybody's if your shot like, per, I'm, I'm sorry if your shot percentage is roughly in like the 40 to 50 percent for a layup or something in the paint but you shoot 80 to 90 percent from the free throw line it makes sense to flop you got to flop. grift and get to mm-hmm. that free throw line <laughs> yeah, europe has taught the west uh, how to how to fall down and all exactly the <laughs> truly just the guiding light that, that we're all uh looking forward and to if, here if there's any european basketball like people overseas like they're screaming their lungs out because they think their game is so much more refined than it, is, ours. it works <laughs> it's winning it, it, it's winning i i'm sorry it's winning for people people who hate it are are just you know they are luddites and they don't see the future they just don't you know they want to return to some sort of brash basketball which i would also like to return to however i understand that making your points from the free throw line and nba games lasting four and a half hours that's just the future <laughs> the art of an unfair game as long as they want the rules to be soft the soft game will win i mean it's like it's like canceling your enemies on twitter it works do it what's the harm that's flopping <laughs> flopping works you know if you can cancel your way to being like editor of harper's fucking do it who cares that's flopping that's like manu flopping right like he's flopped his way to the top you know he never scored a damn point on his own he just just you know took uh, one on the chin over and over and over again but he I won see- See, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I like this analogy that much because that would make like Barstool the fucking like Pistons from the '80s when it comes to just being anti-cancelable, anti-flop. A, oh, God. Well, that thing is kind of the like garbage uh, Pistons of the. 80s. <laughs> I was gonna say they're probably proud a of, that of tobacco, like a bucket of old tobacco that you can drink on Instagram. Like does that kind of pizza like that's the main thing about that right somebody told me about the site right like the barstool sports guy hates his workers and reviews pizza right like those are his two yeah yeah and uh his wife leaves him for uh um uh, cycling instructors that's that's the other thing too (laughs) that's all normal that's all really normal Uh, yeah totally normal stuff (laughs) <laughs> well, well this thank you so much for coming on by the way oliver i mean you have graced us here uh it's it's so nice to actually be back in the flow of things talking about sports granted you know with like the biggest asterisks in the world all around us and uh you know much larger much more important events also surrounding us it's a it's a nice little kind of uh respite if you will from the larger world as a whole what, what's going on in your world though what have you uh got to plug what uh where can people find you all oh, that yeah, fun yeah, stuff yeah people wanting to to follow me can do it all over the place like i'm on twitter at mustache club us my website's oliver bay com and i'm part of the what's left podcast which is on patreon if you want there's not a lot of sports content on there but there actually is or will be behind the uh, the paywall if Hell you guys yeah. want to hear yeah yeah you yeah. hit that like and subscribe <laughs> ding 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 uh, <laughs> no i am doing one i am doing one on the economics of steroids so there will be a lecture about that like the aging stuff that i talked about there i'm what? gonna do it that's so cool 
that. Yeah. So there'll be a thing. Somebody requested that. And I initially okay. I was like, oh, you don't just want to hear me talk about like, you know, like the, uh, the ethical foundations of law or some shit like that. And they're like, no, I was like, all right, so I'll do that. But yeah, you can also watch, you know, watch my uh, Twitter feed. You know, if I'm doing an article, uh, it'll be out, but yeah, all over the place, uh, check it out. There's a lot of content. I just, content is the big deal nowadays. And I produce a lot of content. Good. He's good. got he's got to content. Just be that grinder. Do what you got to do. I, <laughs> On I, that I, grind. Do the work. <laughs> Respect the grift all the way through, uh, which brings me to Gabe. Uh, what What's going on in your world, buddy? <laughs> so you guys can find me on Twitter at Dr. Goldtooth. And uh, I actually, <laughs> which is true. I, first off, I am a doctor and I have a gold tooth. Oh. These are both factual statements. Um, I'm about to mail my PhD to my high school advisor who said I shouldn't go to college. So show her what's <laughs> up out of spite. Um, <laughs> but you can, fi- so you can find me on Twitter, up on Twitter. You can find a link to my Redbubble site where I am promoting my latest design which is a James Harden respect the grift sticker. Huh. <laughs> respect the grift. Uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. I'm so happy <laughs> that you know just this, this utter nonsense and your predictions are are dragging us right into the forefront Look, of not being held I accountable. Have, <laughs> as I said, I have my pulse. I have my fingers on the pulse of chaos that is the NBA bubble ball. Mm-hmm. My man, oh man! Well, if uh, you know, we're we're going to be going from chaos to instilling some Nixonian law and order. That uh, would mean that Mitch would be the one, being from from Texas here, to explain to us uh, what's going on. What so? Uh, where can people find you? What what's developing in your world? Look, if you're choosing to find me on the internet, you've made some really poor life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now like kind of reaping some of the benefits of, you know, some of the other uh, lefty basketball fans kind of like interacting with me on Twitter and I'm enjoying that. But like, you're making poor decisions to actively (laughs) seek me out because I'm just a dirty degenerate and all I want to talk about is gambling. So, well, well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, that has been just fun to see you blossom into that as uh, our, our strictly just like sports kind of update chat has then become now like, well, what's the over under? What's the live line? Like, what, 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 where are we at right now? <laughs> Look, I'll I show you the ways of degeneracy. Look, I have a hundred dollar bet laid on the Phoenix Suns winning it all because if it pays off, that's $50,000 in my pocket, my friends. That's half of my student loans paid back. <laughs> well, uh, whatever it takes, I suppose, to uh, to to pay the bills here. Then, as always, people can find me uh, on the, the Dolphin Garage podcast on Twitter at Culture Truther. Uh, do we have anything to leave the fine people with? Anything to remind them of or make them feel nostalgic for times of yore? No, no, we're we're good. We're good. Okay, well, yeah, just is, remember is there something um, you're thinking of. Oh, well, I mean, I'm just thinking, <laughs> you know, uh, about uh, how we're we're just starting to praise European supremacy all the time on this podcast about how that could uh, <laughs> be pretty interesting. But uh, well, for for lack of anything else to talk about, until next week, we love you, people. Bye.
Trump, what, 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 what,